This is episode number 301 with Angie Mack. For those who don't know me, I had very dark times where I didn't feel like I wanted to be in this world, and I didn't know healthy. I always had such unhealthy relationships. Growing up, I know my family meant well, and they put a roof over my head and they gave me love, but to a degree, a lot of their relationships were unhealthy. Some parts of my relationships were toxic. I had to learn that some of the things that happened to me in my previous relationship or relationship, I was told, you allowed that. And when somebody hit me with that, I was like, oh, zinger. Like, it just cut me to the core. You know, like, you allowed that. I'm like, but no one did it. But I'm like, I did. I didn't leave. I did allow it. I kept allowing it. But looking back, it's like, I unconsciously allowed it. But now I know I will never allow that again. Welcome to Claiming Your Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Franny Nicole. When we are born, we're not told about the struggles that life will present and how it will affect us within. Over time, we begin dealing with the frustration, the loss, the huge obstacles and roadblocks that life inevitably puts in our way. And for some, this is a breaking point. And for others, this is where they thrive. Each week, we'll bring you the breakdowns and breakthrough stories from some of the most influential people in their fields. It is these stories of redemption we hope will resonate, creating a space for that is powerful, productive, and life-changing. Because when it all comes down to it, all you have to do is claim your truth. Happy Wednesday, podcast listeners. It feels so nice to finally be putting out an episode again and welcome to season three of claiming your truth podcast i haven't had an episode come out since november and mainly because i didn't really like having to do the guest recordings over the phone i felt that they were too impersonal and i felt like i couldn't connect with them as much as i could have if they came in person to record well this is the world we live in now So 80% of my episodes going forward will be recorded over the phone. So bear with me if the sound quality is a little off. I am putting the excuses behind me and finally launching the season with the virtual interviews. To get started with today's topic of finding yourself after toxic relationships, I had the pleasure of interviewing a good friend of mine, Angie Mack. Unfortunately, we live in a world where not all of us were lucky enough to grow up around happy, loving couples. Some of us were stuck with divorced parents or parents who should have been divorced long ago. Since we're influenced by the people around us, it can be hard to date when we've never seen a healthy relationship. Toxic relationships come in so many forms. Physical abuse, mental abuse, verbal and even emotional abuse. Sometimes the toxicity is almost subtle. Toxic and abusive relationships are more common than you may realize. In an even more unfortunate twist, many people who experience abusive relationships don't think their relationships are abusive because they may not be getting physically assaulted. Yet, for those who do manage to recognize the relationships they are in are a bad one, the impact of the toxicity can be a lingering one. The cruel words and treatments of an abusive partner can trick the victim into believing they're worthless, ugly, fat, stupid, and more. They can even begin to believe they deserve to be mistreated and fall into relationships that mimic 
the abusive behavior over and over and over, no matter who the person is, whether it's a friend, boyfriend, loved one. Getting out of a toxic relationship is often not easy, but it is necessary. So many of us feel like we need to be in a relationship, but that is not the case. In fact, feeling completed only when in a relationship is a sign of codependency, and that in itself is not healthy. And if you're listening to this as a single person and yet you identify with the words, no, it is possible to be in a toxic relationship that isn't romantic. If your mom is consistently telling you you're overweight or not successful, you're in a toxic relationship with her. No matter who you find to be toxic in your life, it's crucial to get out before you lose all sense of yourself. So today, Angie shares her story of growing up in a not-so-perfect world and how she was able to pick herself back up and start life new again after years of unhealthy relationships. Today in Claiming Your Truth podcast, we have Angie Mack. Thank you for joining us today, Angie. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So Angie, tell me, how do you like to start your day? I would like to start my day sleeping in. However, I do have a nine-month-old child, so I start my morning you know, nursing her because I'm still nursing her and just hanging out with her morning. You know, she just dictates my day. And then usually I drop her off at her Nana's house and head to work. And what do you do right now for work? I am a parent aide. I work with foster families and supervising their children with their parents and helping parents get their children back when they're taken from DCS. Oh, wow. That is really interesting. How does one get into that type of career or that type of work? You know what? I just stumbled in it. You know, it was just on, the, in, on Indeed, and it's kind of like they hit me up on there, and I just looked at, you know, what it was, and I was like, okay, so being, you know, a supervisor, and then um, had my interview, and they went more into it, and it, that's just how it happened. I just kind of, like, stumbled in it, and I actually, I really like it. That's awesome. So let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? I am from Long Beach, California. And did you grow up in Long Beach, or what is, how... Does your story start? Well, my story originally, I was born in Boise, Idaho. I just think my mom was, like, ripping and running. She should have, she's from California. She should have not been driving around, and she had me in Idaho, and that's how I was born there. But usually I say I'm from Long Beach, but, I mean, like, we moved so much. I went to school with you in your Cerritos, Norwalk area, but I also was raised in Downey, Bellflower, um, Long Beach, so just that general area. I know that where we grew up, and I know the audience, I haven't really expressed to them our background in growing up in Cerritos, Norwalk area, but you grew up with living with your aunt and uncle. How did you end up living with them? Oh, that's that's a deep question. Um, well, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting right to it. <laughs> right? Well, honestly, I didn't have the best upbringing per se, so it just kind of was like a situation where my mom died when I was little. So I had to have my aunts and uncles raise me, and uh, my caretaker at the time couldn't take care of me, who was my aunt, and I had to go with my uncle, who is my father, technically, who I call my dad. I just lived with him, so that's that. that. And how how old were you at this time? I was in fifth grade, like 
10, 11, when I moved with my, my dad, my uncle who was my dad. I call my dad. And how did you process that transition, moving from being with your mom to the one aunt to your uncle? Did you carry any type of resentment or guilt going into living with your uncle? I, I probably did. But at the time, it's just, you know, I was, it kind of shifted around a lot growing up. So it didn't, it was like, no, never mind. Me, there's a roof over my head. I was with family. Like, I was fine. I don't think I held any, like, resentment or anything. If anything, I was just like, hey, don't forget about me. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Well, I know when I met you, it was eighth grade. So awesome for me to get to meet you because we had yeah. so much fun together growing up. What is something most people don't know about you? Hmm. I mean, it, if they have to know, I think that I play water polo. I mean, when you meet me, you don't, you don't guess that. A lot of people don't know about that sport. And how did you get into water polo? Honestly, I might have gotten into swim technically because of you, actually. Oh, <laughs> um, really? I, I could have swore you wanted, uh, you were going to do swim. I was like, okay, I'll do swim. And then um, I think you ended up going to another high school, and then I just was like, whatever, dude, I like it. So I went into swim, and then from swim, it's like you conditioned, you just did water polo. So it's like if you were playing soccer, you did track. Like it was just kind of like they go hand in hand, so that's just how it worked out. You know, now that you bring it up, I do remember talking to you about joining swim because we I did know people who were in swim, and unfortunately I did move high schools after freshman year. So that is awesome that you – you kept to your word and for yourself as a the person. You weren't doing it just for me. You did it for yourself. Well, thanks for, you know, suggesting that. Of course. It. You know, I have a reason to have brought it up. What is something that – oh, I actually just asked that same question. Okay. So I'm not nervous at all for this <laughs> podcast interview. It's been since November since I had my last podcast come out, so bear with me if I do repeat myself or act nervous as much as maybe you are. So No worries. <laughs> There's only thousands of people are going to be listening to this, no problem. <laughs> oh, thousands, thousands of people. <laughs> what is it like to now, I'm going to just jump around and just kind of go back and forth. How has the pandemic affected you? For me, the pandemic didn't necessarily affect me too much because when I was, I got pregnant and I was really, really sick. I had a hyperemesis, so I had to have nurses coming to my house giving me IV fluids, you know, weekly changing my, um, my, um, IV out. I had to go into the hospital all the time to get rehydrated. Um, I had, to, my husband had changed my IV bags and then stabbed my stomach with like this, um, medicine that I had to wear a bag on me. Um, to give me medicine for 24 hours so I wouldn't throw up. So, I mean, I stayed inside. So when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, not a big deal because I wasn't doing anything anyway. Like, I couldn't do anything because I was throwing up all day and I was so severely sick. But I think mentally it affected me because it was like the thought of me wanting to go out, I was like, well, then I can't, you know, like versus like I could try, but even if I wanted to try, I couldn't. So it did affect me. Like it was like, oh, I can't do anything because I might as well just be miserable and throw up all day. You know, like, it, it sucked. But, I mean, and then with with marriage, you know, it's like being on an island with somebody or, you know, being on a boat with somebody, you know, you're going to get on each other's nerves. But I would not 
choose anyone else but my husband to have had been through COVID with, like, so directly close because we know how to, A, get on each other's nerves and, B, you know, wind it down and make things better, so. Of course. I feel that just from talking to a bunch of friends and people that I know that the pandemic either made you or broke you in a relationship sense, like made your relationship stronger or a ton of people were breaking up, divorcing because they actually had to spend time with their significant other versus going to work and kind of having that balance that they couldn't stand being around their significant other. And I think this was just a test for everybody, yeah. whatever relationship that you're in, like, do you actually really want this person in your life? And I think it helped a lot of people get to know themselves along with their partner, like, and help them, whether it ended in a breakup or ended in making their relationship stronger. Are your priorities today different than they were a year ago? It's been exactly a year since the pandemic started. I know that you said you were already in bed and barely eating and having your IV changed and whatnot. But do you feel because of the pandemic, have you learned anything about yourself or priorities have changed since then? I definitely think the priorities have changed. I I definitely think I've learned about myself a lot. Like I had, I've been forced to work on myself mentally, you know, emotionally. Um, I let myself down a little physically, but I mean, I know who I am and I can get back to where I want to be. But, um, I had to work on myself a lot and I'm proud of that because it afforded me an opportunity because I, during, when I got sick, I had to stop working. So I had to go on leave early, maternity leave. But then I wasn't going to go to work because of COVID anyway. So I was like, well, that worked out for me. Um, so it's like being at home and I still, I got unemployment. So I was like making money still. Like I got a chance to like not stress out about work and really focus on my mental health, you know, because you know, in your mind, you're like, you can't go out, you can't do anything, I'm sick, or even when I'm feeling good, you know, if I'm getting sassy, I'm getting upset, like, just to work on yourself mentally, I was I was glad to be afforded that opportunity to have less stress. It yeah. sounds like it worked in your favor, especially if you're doing a lot of inner work, having yeah. the pause in the whole world being on pause, it forced you, along mm-hmm. with everyone else, to work on their mental health, if it, that's what needed help with oh yeah no definitely no it did for sure (laughs) and it was it was a blessing in disguise you know like things happen for a reason so and I think it afforded me a lot more time you know for my kids too you know we got to hang out we got to you know ride bikes we got to go hiking we got just much more time you know to cook them meals all day you know for them to get on my nerves all day again like (laughs) 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 you got to you take with a grain of salt and just be happy that stop thinking about everything that's like what you can't do or what you can't control and just be happy with what you can control. That's how I figured it out. Yeah, I agree. And it also made me appreciate teachers as much Mm -hmm. more than I already did just because of virtual learning and having your kids home 100% through 65. It's hard on the kids too. It's like it it gave them a break from seeing their parents going to school and then having to be home all the time, not only with your spouse, with your kids, it is something that I don't think anyone has experienced before unless you do homeschooling by choice. It is my own experience. I could never be a teacher. Like I don't have the patience. I don't have 
anything that you need to be a teacher. And it definitely, I appreciate the essential workers during this time because you don't realize how much you, those people add to your life without even knowing. Right. You take a lot of that for granted. Exactly. It's just something you wake up and you do it. You drop them off at school and it's nothing. You're like, oh, okay, bye. And now it's like, wow, like, this is where our tax money is going to and why I pay for it. Like, I have, I'm so proud to pay for the teachers now because it's a lot of work. Taking care of the baby and, yeah. yeah. They complain about that they don't get paid enough, and I'm like, they sure don't. (laughs) They don't. They do not get paid enough. They don't. And here we are paying, you know, football players and baseball athletes who are amazing, but at the same time, the real heroes or the teachers, in my eyes, my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And think about, like, everyone saying, like, stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad. It's so easy. Like, I bet everyone in the world, like, really rethought that. You know, like, it's not that easy to stay home with your kids 24-7 all day. It's not, especially when you have more than one, in -hmm. your case, in my case. And I know that you do have two kids that aren't 100% in your life. How are you dealing with that? Or can you give me a little background on that situation, if you don't mind talking about it? Mm, You know, just custody and divorce is a hell of a thing. And it's it's hard not having your kids 100% of the time, you know, but I do understand that you have to share with your other significant, your ex-significant other, sorry, you know, that, or, you know, your kid's dad or mother for that matter, um, if they are a willing participant. And it's it's just hard on the kids if you don't have somebody who is a participating co-parent. That's really as much as I can say. It's, it's hard. It's definitely hard for sure. And what is the status right now um, in getting to be with your kids? It is still an ongoing process. I'm sorry. It's just unbelievable. And not just your situation. Well, why somebody would want to take things to such an extreme level in any case, unless the person is crazy and needs to be mental like, or a criminal or some, it is just, it's just so heartbreaking, and I'm so sorry that you're dealing with it. I've, if I've learned anything, I've learned that hurt people are going to hurt people. And in my case, the only way you can hurt me is through my children. So that's all I can see, you know. Like, everybody has room to grow as a parent, as an individual. And do does everyone do everything right as a parent? No. Do I think that people are taught learned behaviors um, with their children? You know, if you you hit your kid, if you put your kid in a corner, if you don't discipline them, um, if you leave that home, that home, you let them come home by themselves at their seven, you know, like latchkey kids. There's so many differences of how maybe you and I were raised or our parents were raised that are different now that you can get in a lot of trouble for to be realistic. And as a parent aide, as a person who works with parents who've gotten their kids taken away, DCS, Things are changing and the world is evolving. And I've had a lot of people tell me, like, man, where were these people when I was growing up? Man, my mom should have went to jail, you know? <laughs> like, wow. it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's wild, you know, what our parents were allowed to get away with. And you try to do that today to your kids. And it's, it's not right. But you have to think about, like, in that moment when you were little, you know how you felt. You know, say mm-hmm. when you got thinking and how you felt. It just felt wrong. But you're like, that's what I have to do because that's what I was taught. But there is a, a better way to parent your kids and a nurturing way, a better way. 
it's just a harder way. You know, you just got to figure it out. Yeah. So. And it's really, you can't judge somebody unless you walk a day in their shoes. And mm-hmm. to give you an example, like growing up, like I was always envious of you and like you always had good style. You knew how to do your makeup and your hair. But then at the same time, you had your own issues. You had dealing with your mom being gone and living with your, it's just like you don't see that as a third party. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in school, you just look beautiful. You look, you have your stuff together. And I think people judge on that other person because of what they see on the surface. And yeah. it's really sad. It's really sad how when you see somebody who is beautiful and ha- looks like they have their stuff together and then commit suicide. And you're like, yeah. well, I, w- I wanted to be that person. And yeah. you have Someone no idea. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like you have no idea what that person is going through. And for me in this situation, like, I always wanted to be Jackie and Angie, your sister. Aww. And it's just like, in a sense where it's just like, you guys were fashionable and like really silly things, but that were important to us in high school, like fashion yeah. and hair and beauty. But then it's just like in reality, you were looking at me like you have, you live with your parents still. You have a home. You have, you have a great pantry full of food and Oreos. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like what I was envious of you. You were looking at me like, Oh my God, yeah. can you bring me something to eat? A hot yeah. pocket in the morning, yeah. or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. and it's just like there's certain things that people hate women yeah. for that they have no idea. Like just because I'm beautiful doesn't mean I don't struggle, that I don't have uh, traumatic moments in my life. And I think if people actually took the time, especially when you're in a divorce where the father and or the mother are like, "I want the kids because I hate you," and it's just like if that's where the trauma starts is when kids are that small and back when we were little it always went to the mom like no matter who the dad was it always favored the mom whether she should have been in jail or a criminal and it's just the poor dads at that time yeah no matter how good they were they always went to the mom mom but now i find that it could go either way yeah it can be the the state you're into yeah for sure. Like California, I find, I have experienced that it's been more 50-50. Really? I've been told it's, mm-hmm. I was told, take your kids, get the divorce in California. It's a mother's state. <laughs> That's literally what oh, I was told. <laughs> well, maybe I was fooled, but it's not, this episode is not about me. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. How much of your self-worth now compared to, let's say, high school is tied to others' opinions of you? Mm. You know, I have a ton of self-worth now. In high school, I did have a ton of self-worth, too. But I think somewhere in between high school and now, my self-worth was extremely low. Like, if you would have asked me this question, like, four or five years ago, I would have been like, dude, I have, like, no self-worth. You would think I do. you think because I look pretty and I look like I have my stuff together and because my Instagram posts show that I'm at a party or I'm doing great, you know, the VIP, that, you know, pop of bottles, I'm great. But no, like, um, I don't care about what other people think anymore. I don't – everyone has their story. Um, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many filters you have. I don't care what it is. 
Like, you can portray whatever you want. At the end of the day, like you said, you you don't know what it is walking a day in anyone's shoes. And so I don't judge yeah. anyone. And if, and if you want to judge me, feel free to. But you're only reflecting things upon yourself to me. So I'm strong for that matter. Like, I'm good. I'm, I have a lot of self-worth now. That is awesome to hear and very motivating just because, you know, you've also went through a divorce like I have. And I just I can't speak for everybody, but I know for myself just coming back from that, especially having two kids, it's really, really hard. Even when you did have self-worth after divorce, it's zero, <laughs> at least for yeah. me. It is, it is yeah. you know, some people don't come back from that, unfortunately. And it makes me really happy to hear that. You have, you're better now. You know, thinking back, like, then I really would have thought I did have a ton of self-worth. And I can say now that I didn't because I know the facade that I had, you know, like this play person I was pretending to be because I literally was so miserable inside. But it's like I'm so glad that I'm able to reflect now and see, like, how not to make the mistakes and how hurt I was coming out of my, you know, marriage and how, like, emotionally – traumatic and abusive like what the relationship I was in you know like it was just terrible and I led myself to you know what they say insanity doing things over and over again expecting a different result and I thought I was like so on top of everything I thought I was responsible I was not my bills were late I was struggling I was a bartender like my kids were late to school because I was freaking out um working until like three o'clock in the morning like it was it was hard it was hard but and I thought I was trying to hold it all together by like masking it but, um, You're faking I, it till you make it kind of attitude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you let fear of failure stop you now because of your no. past from giving your best? No, giving your best now. No, I don't. You know, it's that that causes too much anxiety. First of all, <laughs> so, so I just, oh god, I know, live in that. There. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you keep thinking about every fear, every outcome, fear, everything, you're not going to be able to enjoy life. You know, I've learned to just be happy with what you can control. You can't control others. Work on yourself. Don't judge people. You know, pray about it. I'll be good. What keeps you going in your low moments? You know, honestly, my husband, my children, and honestly, I've been really getting into church, you know. I'm like, I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know, I just, I just, the, my children, God, and my husband. It's, I'll say for sure my husband because he he knows everything that I've been through in my life and hasn't judged me one time. It's been there to pick me up in my lowest moments of life, you know. When I didn't even feel like I wanted to be in this world, my husband was there, you know, to pull me out of a tunnel to be like, look, Angie, pull me out of that dark tunnel. I, you're, I love you. It's okay. You can get through it. You know, and then looking at my kids, like them growing, like I want to provide them. You know, people say you want to provide your kids a better life. And we think that's like with clothes, flashy cars, food. It's it's not even about that. It's just about love and quality time and to provide my kids with like good mental health, making good decisions, being having integrity. Like that's what keeps me going. You know, that's what I, I look forward to every day. I love that. I love hearing it. It's definitely inspiring to me because I know I wake up in the morning and think, how am I going to get through this day? And it's those positive affirmations that you just said that you tell yourself, that's how you get through your day. Your husband, yeah. looking at your kids, you know, your daughter, your baby, your, you know, certain things that you have to be grateful for, that you have to remember, even in your lowest moments, like, 
what am I grateful for? Like, what do I have? Stop thinking about the things I don't have or the things that I haven't accomplished and focus on your kid's smile, your kid's going, you know, doing well in school or just having somebody by your side in your life. Like, I'm so happy you have your husband. It, I'm like speechless because I personally, and you have as well, being a divorce, it's like you think that you're never going to find that person. You thought you had that person. Yeah. They they lied. They uh, manipulated you or whatever the situation was to make you feel that you weren't good enough for anybody else. And that's why you were with, that's why they stayed with you because no one else yeah. is going to want you. No one else yeah. is going to want oh, you. Yeah. You have to stay with me. And who else is going to want you? But then when you finally get the courage to leave them, you're alone. And it's, it's hard to trust another person. It's hard to give yourself to somebody else. And, but when you do find that person, it's like it's your first time all over again. First time falling in love. First time of the first of everything. And I'm so happy to hear that you found Josh your yeah. husband, because it's just one person can change your life, and I truly believe it. I always say he saved me. And for those who don't know me, I had very dark times where I didn't feel like I wanted to be in this world, and I didn't know healthy. I always had such unhealthy relationships. Growing up, I know my family meant well, and they put a roof over my head, and they gave me love. But to a degree, a lot of their relationships were unhealthy. Some parts of my relationships were toxic, and I didn't know how to accept my husband's love in the beginning. And I pushed him away, and I pushed him away, and I was mean. And it's just like I stopped going against the grain, and I just – I had to forgive myself for how I treated him because I was not nice. I will say that. And then I just started to enjoy our relationship. And it just – I really realized, like, wow, this is what love is. This is what it's supposed to be because, like you said, you're told nobody wants you. You're you're unworthy, you know. And I literally came out of a marriage where I was like, I don't even know who I married. Like, who the hell is that person? So I had a lot of self-reflecting. I had a lot of self-doubt. And then I really found my better half. And I think that's important, especially coming out of, you know, toxic relationships, you know, narcissistic relationships, abuses mentally, physically, emotionally. It's hard, but you can do it. You just have to, you know, tell yourself you're worthy. And I went to therapy actually the other day, and my therapist was like, forgive yourself. She's like, I release you from this pain. I release you from what happened, you know, and I cried because she's like, you're worthy, Angie. Like, I don't know why you felt like you weren't worthy. And it's like, how much someone's words, you know, can really have an effect on you. And I really have, that's why I don't care about what people say anymore. So it's like, I've gotten out of that. and I do feel worthy and I'm happy. And thank you for being happy that I found someone. I don't need to shove it down everyone's throat, but my husband is pretty No, <laughs> this is your story and your time to shine today. And I've said this on past episodes, but growing up, people are like, oh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No. Words fucking hurt. Word, I'd rather yeah. be hit by a stick and a stone then carry these words from people you're not worth you're not worthy you're ugly you're a bitch you're all these disgusting and disgraceful words and it's just like we were raised to not think words were had value but then we carry them and we look in the mirror and we see those words and it's so hard to let them go and I'm so happy 
when I hear someone in like you say that you you're better than that, you're not those words. That's coming from somebody who means no nothing in your life. And I can't. Yeah. Not everyone can say that. Like not everyone has the power within yet to be able to let those words from somebody who was important at one time go. Right. I think it's because you're you are vulnerable vulnerable with that person. I think that's where you, people begin to have a wall. They're scared to be vulnerable because they're scared to be taken advantage of. And yeah. if you, you can't hold everyone accountable that you meet for your past. All you can do is look back and say, okay, I forgave. I'm not going to forget. I'm going to look at these red flags. But sometimes you're missing out on an opportunity for somebody to change your life in a better you and yourself if you continue to hold up walls and animosity and hold, you know, your past in your present. And I think that if I wouldn't have had Josh keep, like, you know, being so persistent with me and being so, like, loving and, you know, just loving me unconditionally, I would have missed out on the love of my life. So I think it's important for people to really see that like that. Well, it sounds like he saw you before you saw you. Yeah, that's usually what happens. Oh, I feel like I'm going to start crying. (laughs) What is one thing that you consistently said to yourself to bring you out of your lowest moments? It's not easy, but it's possible. You know, you can do this. That's what I tell myself. I find that people think once they find their person or have or or let go of those words, they're cured. But it's no, it's a daily practice. It's like if you can slip so easily right back to where you were. Oh yeah, by no means am I like not slipping. Like I test myself <laughs> every day. <laughs> like you know, um, I on the outside looking in, everyone says I have a perfect life. For example, like I had a, a client that's like, you're rich. I'm like, I'm not. Um, she's like, you just got a house. You guys just got a new car. I was like, first of all, we stayed with my husband's brother. We saved. We saved. I worked. Like, you can have nice things, but it's like, I don't know. People judge so easily on, on your materials, right? And, like, yeah. no matter what, like, you can, just because it looks like I have it all doesn't mean that I'm struggling mentally or internally with anything. Because I am, you know, but it's just, like, I look at what I do have. Like, okay, look, Angie, look what you have. Look at the things that you've accomplished and be grateful for that because, I bet you all my family, like my mom's friends, were like, Angie's going to be a junkie. You know, <laughs> it's just based on who was around me to a degree growing up. They didn't think that I would have what I have as far as the family and, you know, being somewhat educated, you know, and being alive and healthy and vibrant. Like, you can slip and you can go down a, a path at any time. But it's your choice, too, to get out of it. And if you make up excuses, you're going to stay down. You have to lift yourself up. And, like you say right now, it sounds corny, but these affirmations and really believing in yourself is what's going, retraining your brain, you know, because you train it with negativity. you got to train it with positivity. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's easier for people to be negative than positive. Mm-hmm. Like if you ask somebody to say five positive things about themselves, it, they find it's hard. And then if you ask the same person to say five bad, five things you don't like about yourself, it's it's so easy. I don't like but this. Do you know I why? Like that. Do you know I why? Like that. Well, I would like to know why from you. I figure, in in my opinion, it's hard. It, if you talk about yourself in positivity, you're conceited, is you know, or you're so high and mighty. You know what I mean? People can't let people be happy. 
people judge people on their happiness. Like, if, if you're showing off your happy family on Easter, or you're trying to take a picture in front of your house, people are like, oh, they're just showing off. They're, just, You know what? Just be happy for them. Let them say five positive things about themselves and let them actually think that for themselves and let them be happy. Like, it's so in our nature to tear people down and tear ourselves down because we feel like if we say that I'm beautiful, if I say I'm this and that, like five positive things, like, I'm going to be judged for being conceited or all about myself or selfish, you know, or vain. It shouldn't be like that. I, that's what I think, to me, in my opinion, is going on with the world today. Like, you're vain because you're happy for yourself. You're you're selfish, you know. You need to be selfless, but sometimes you got to be selfish, too. you got to protect your happiness. Yeah. I think we were taught that. I think we were trained not to be happy for others. Mm-hmm. I hate to admit that, but I think we were created that way unfortunately. And so I asked you, what are five positive, positive things you love about yourself? I am funny. I like that I can sing. I think I'm a great dancer. What is that? I'm funny. I'm a great dancer. That's three. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I like that I can cook and, um, I like that. And I'm putting combination that I'm mo- a good mom and a good wife. That you're not? No, that I am. In combination, oh. that I am a good mother and a good wife. Oh, I thought you said that I'm not. I was just you're like, like whoa. Whoa. <laughs> like, you you fell off of the end there. Well, I know from personal experience that you are extremely funny, an amazing singer and dancer. I have yet to try your cooking, but I hope that I will one day. Wait, and can I just put up a video of us dancing at the same <laughs> <laughs> so just a little background everyone oh my god i almost called you jackie story of my life it's totally fine totally fine i'm so sorry jackie is her sister and i was her friend for one year before knowing angie's but no excuse i do apologize <laughs> but we did sing and dance every day and all day that we could and was in the talent shows and just thinking about back to happy moments for me in middle school and in early high school. Those were the moments that I cherish, cherish, if I can speak properly, cherish, <laughs> are those moments because freshman year in middle school or middle school, like you're in between hormones, like you're not fully a woman yet, but you're not a child anymore it's a weird time and when I look back like I focus on try to focus on those positive moments of being in my front yard or my backyard doing the dance moves over and over and over again with you so I'm really happy that you chose those for your positives because it's definitely something that I cherish from our childhood together thank you I appreciate it it was so much fun very welcome yeah I love it I wish we could have documented it I can't speak today, obviously. I wish we would have documented it more, but there was no cell phones, iPhones back then. So it was more of being in the moment. It was more just enjoying each other's time than being on the cell phone. Yeah, for real. If you could talk to your younger self, what would you tell her? I would tell my younger self that you are loved, that you're that you're worthy. I would tell myself to not hold myself accountable for some of the things that happened to me by adults. Tell myself to hang in there and not be too hard on myself. 
and stay away from my ex. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If you really think about it, and it's taken me a long time to accept this, but the people who are in your life that weren't good for you, who probably were the worst time of your life, made you who you are today in a positive way, though. Like, so they're the lessons that you've learned, what you didn't want, what you don't want for your life, what you won't accept now is because at one point you did accept it. Like, mm-hmm. how else are you going to learn unless you went through it? And when you're okay. in it, you're like, I don't want this. But then when you're, when you learn to let it go and are stronger because of it, it's like, if you didn't have that, how would you appreciate the things that you do have? Because so true. not that you have to go through fucked up, excuse my language, you have to go through messed up, a messed up journey to appreciate your life. You don't. But how, like, the lessons is what makes us stronger. I believe, my two cents, that I'm so grateful for my ex because I did, you know, love him and I did appreciate him. But I'm also, I'm a better person now because of the relationship. I'm a better person because I know what I want now. Back then, yeah. you know, it's just you don't know and you put up with things that you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, so true. I mean, I'm grateful for my children. I mean, I'm, if it wasn't for what happened with him, you're so right. I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have met my current husband because I wouldn't have been moved out to Arizona. So yeah. for moving forward, you know, trying to be positive, I will thank him for that. I was you know. just about to say that exact thing. It's just like it might sound, it might be difficult. But you have to thank that person because they did help you get to you are today yeah. in a sense. And it's, yeah, no, it's just like you don't want to admit that. But it's like I'm grateful yeah. and I'm thankful because I wouldn't have my kids and I wouldn't, you know, have met my partner or whatever. And it all happens for a reason and it's hard and it's messed up. But then when you look back, you're like, wow, what a journey. Oh, I girl, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mine just could totally be a movie. I would be an Oscar award winning movie for sure. <laughs> it's like we laugh about it now, at least I laugh, and it's just oh, like no, it's I not laugh. funny though. It's not funny. <laughs> but how else can you get through it? It's because some yeah. of this is like so unbelievable, you know, and you're like, dang, I'm glad I got out of it. I'm glad I learned my lesson. You know, thanks for the kids. You know, it's all you can do is just laugh at it. And that leads me into my next question for you. After everything you've been through and still learning on a daily basis, what do you feel is the most important quality or characteristic for success just in life? Acceptance and not being judgmental. Yeah. I feel like people find it really hard to accept themselves without seeking that validation from others. Right. I think that. I had to learn that some of the things that happened to me in my previous relationship or relationships, I had to learn. I was told, you allowed that. And when somebody hit me with that, I was like, oh, zinger. Like, it just cut me to the core. You know, like, you allowed that. I'm like, but no one did it. But I'm like, I did. You know, I didn't leave. I did allow it. I kept allowing it. But looking back, it's like, I unconsciously allowed it. But now I know I will never allow that again. And I accept the role that I played in what happened in my relationship, you know, to a degree, you know, because it, yeah. it was 
I, and a lot of it was like manipulation. I was manipulated. I unconsciously I was just going through life, you know, listening to, you know, my my partner, and I allowed a lot of things to happen. And now I'm like, wow, you know, lessons learned, like you said, lesson learned. You got yeah. me. <laughs> I think when somebody tells you you allowed it, it is very hard to accept that. It is very yeah. hard to look at yourself as you allowed this person to think the way that allow you like to think of yourself this way. And somebody told me the story of which made it so clear and allowed me to have the courage to walk away from my last relationship. Was like you're on this camping trip and you're sleeping on your sleeping bag and there's a rock under you. You're sleeping all night on top of this rock and the next day you're complaining all day. Like I didn't get any sleep had this rock under me in my sleeping bag, and it just complaining, complaining, complaining. And all you had to do was get up and move the rock, and you would have had the best night's sleep. Yeah. And we go through life complaining, 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 and all you have to do is just stop and move the issue that you're complaining about, and you won't have to, you know, complain about it anymore. And it's People don't. And when somebody told me that story, yeah, it is Mm -hmm. the fear. And when I heard that story, how are you supposed to respond to that? Because it's like, it's true. Mm -hmm. There's no defense to that story. Like, you have no excuse why you're still complaining after hearing that story. And to stay in a relationship and complain the entire time, you're just wasting your life. But then at the best, you chose it. Those people choose to be there. They choose that onto themselves. And when you hear that and you don't do something about it, in that very moment, you choose that situation. My sister, my older sister and I, we were just, you know, talking about my ex-husband. And she was like, why do you think I would tell you stuff, Angie? And I'm like, I don't know, because you're an annoying, bitchy older sister. Like, I don't think no. And she's like, I just, at one, she had to tell me, like, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. Like, back, like, say 10 years ago she's like if you're going to call me or you're going to talk to me and complain about this person I don't want to hear it because you're living in this so basically like don't complain to me about this rock you're sleeping on because you can move it and you're not so if you're not going to move the rock then shut up you know so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like dang I'm so, so glad she told you this. that because that means she loves you that means yeah. she loves you and she wants more for you and if you're not going to give yourself more then she doesn't want to hear about it anymore she yeah, can't support you. Yeah, she can't support you if you're not going to support yourself. Mm-hmm. She's and like, my sister, who you know, told me the exact same thing. Like, you know what? If you're not going to do something about it, I'm not going to hear it anymore. You can't just continue to complain and complain and not do anything. Take my advice or don't. Yeah. Just don't talk to me about it anymore. And it's like when you have no one else. Yeah, and you yeah. have no one else to bitch and complain to, then you're like, okay, well, then maybe I should do something about it. <laughs> so true, so true. So just to move things on to a lighter note, what are you most excited about 2021 for you and your family? Mm, I'm hoping we can go on some type of vacation, you know, whether it be like Disneyland or Hawaii. And I'm looking forward to you know, a new uh, venture that my husband has for a business. So, which would be that I eventually don't have to work, which would be great. 
<laughs> That's always the best feeling. Just less stress and then take care of the kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when in your life did you feel or realize you needed to own it and claim your truth? 2018, and I woke up after a really drunken night. And I realized that my actions, I felt shame, I felt guilt, I got into a fight with my brother-in-law, you know, I got to fight with my husband, who was the boyfriend at the time. I just was like, Angie, you are this disgusting human being right now, and what is going on with you? You know, I just, I just felt terrible, because I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I'm like, are you a good mom? Yeah, you could be better. Are you a good partner? Yeah, you could be better, but you're hurting. Something is wrong with you. So I, you know, took initiative and I took myself to an inpatient, you know, mental health facility. And I, that's when I began to work on myself. And I was there for seven days. I had no worries. And my kids were fine. You know, my boyfriend, my husband, boyfriend at the time, you know, was worried about me. But then after that, I did like this intensive outpatient program. And I started learning things that I was like, why didn't anyone tell me this growing up? Why don't they teach this in high school? Like, why are we not taught this? And it really changed my life because I was really beginning to spiral. Yeah. Aww. It's sad that it took you having to check yourself in to a facility in order to realize that. But I'm so glad that you realized that versus, you know, deciding to that you weren't needed on this earth anymore, which a lot of people feel that that's their only option. I was there, Nicole. Like, I have literally, for example, my husband pulled me out of a bathtub. Like, I've been sad. I've been so sad for things that I didn't know that was weighing so heavy on me. And I just felt like I didn't want to be here, you know? And it's like, what's going on? What are you suppressing? Why are you, what are you doing coping like this? Something isn't right. You don't have to be happy. Who are you being happy for? Because you're not happy for yourself, you know? And it just really, I had to work on myself. I had to, and I'm, I'm glad I did, you know? And I just, I hope with this podcast, people can really look into themselves and know, like, you're not alone. These feelings happen, but get the help. Get the help. Like, you're loved. Don't take that route. It's not a cool route to take. Like, my aunt, she hung herself. And that was hard because I know, like, how hurtful it was and it was a selfish act. And it's like, why would I want to take that? But I was hurting from a lot of childhood trauma. I was hurting from my ex-husband, you know, what happened in our relationship. I was hurting for how mean I was to my boyfriend at the time. I was hurting because I could have been a better mom. You know, it's like, not to say these are normal feelings, but they're normal. Like, get the help. That's your body telling you, your mind telling you, get some help, you know, before it gets to that, to that extent. You know? Yeah. People think that they're, they don't have access to it or they will sleep it off or, you know, tomorrow is a new day. And yes, tomorrow is a new day. But if you don't deal with those issues now, they're going to just build and creep up to you where you can't handle it anymore and you're overwhelmed. And then you, you know, you lose your kids or you lose your relationship or you lose your job or you, you know, your life starts to crumble when all you need to do is tell someone, help, I need help. That's the first step. And I'm so, so glad that you realized that back in 2018, you know, just three years later. 
and look at you now. You know, you're married. You have a beautiful daughter, new daughter, adding mm-hmm. to your other kids, and you have a new home, and you're happy or happier. Yeah. You know, happy, happiness is a state of mind, not a destination. And it's just crazy to look back and think, like, why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't, why was it so hard? And it's just, it wasn't the right moment for you. It wasn't the right time. And it's like that time where you did realize that was your moment. That was the universe telling you, okay, this is your time. And this is the time in your life that you're supposed to get help. It was the fear. It was the fear of thinking, like going through all the stuff that had happened, replaying it again and again, and really processing it. And to be honest, like after processing and going to therapy, I know the role that I played. I know that to a degree what I allowed. But on the, on the other hand, there's a lot that happened to me that I didn't allow. That is not my fault. And I had to really have someone tell me that. Like, Angie, you were taken advantage of. Angie, that is not your fault. Like, you know, like, and it felt good to feel validated, you know. And mm-hmm. I hope and wish that for other people to get that help because some of these things are not your fault and some of these things, you know, you can really work through, but it's hard. And I know, like, going through it and thinking about it, it's like, ah, you get, like, like anxiety. And for a long time, I had PTSD going through a lot of what I had gone through, and I worked through it. It's hard, but it's possible. Yeah, agreed. What goals are you currently working on now for yourself? My goals are right now to you know, just get physically healthy again, you know, like continue, get physically healthy, continue going to therapy. My goals are to be done with, you know, custody and divorce. Well, the divorce is over, just custody. My goals are to move forward and move up in my job. I'm so proud of you. I am so mm-hmm. proud to hear your story. And I know that we, you and I have history and we've known each other for 21 years now. I can't believe I'm saying that. (laughs) Since we, God, I was 13 when I met you. So 22 years. Oh, God. But it's just so nice to see a friend, you know, as crazy as their journey is, see them do well. And I'm really happy for you. And I know you and I can talk forever, but I do have to you know, end the show, but how can the audience get in touch with you if they just want to get to know you more or ask you questions or just, well, my phone number is, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Text me. (laughs) No, um, my Instagram is um, Angie Pangie, A-N-G-I-E-P-A-N-G-I-E, 0526. And then my Facebook is Angela Mack. But you got to go through hell or high water to get through my Facebook because I have it. Like, you have to have be a friend of a friend to get to me. Uh, so. You have it private. But, well, that's good. That's good. But, I mean, hit, hit me up on the IG, if you will. <laughs> Is that what people say? Yeah, <laughs> the IG, the gram. Forever. I'm so that. grateful that you've taken the time out of your day. I know that we've had to reschedule a couple times, but I appreciate you and your story and putting yourself Thank out you. there and speaking Thank your you. truth claiming your truth and I really do hope 
you know, everything continues to work out for you and hope to see you soon. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening till the end. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with your friends and subscribe so you can continue to listen each week. Let me know your thoughts on what you heard this past hour by leaving me a review. Or you can connect with me on Instagram at Franny Nicole on the go. I look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you for being here and I can't wait to share the next episode with you. 